right, welcome back to the big program just after 8 o'clock, and that means we welcome in our daily 8 o'clock contributor on the mark, Mark Spector, powered by Booster Juice. Download the new Booster Juice Rewards app today to start earning berry points for delicious and nutritional smoothies, drinks, and food that will get you through the day. Morning, Speck, and man, this is great for you. You got some kind of breaking news that comes, you know, 20 minutes before you hit the airwaves. You got to be pumped. Yeah, I'm not sure that Steve Steyos <laughs> to the Ottawa Senators. <laughs> oh, I'm just trying to give you anything, Speck. Doesn't happen very often this early in the morning. No, you know what? Uh, it goes all the way back to the Oilers development camp when it looked very much uh, like Steve Andlauer was going to get that team. We all know that that he and Steyos have been tied at the hip for a long time. And the people that were around that development camp in Edmonton, and I was not one of them. I'm not a big development camp guy, but Mm -hmm. they said Steve, who is very eager and always involved and up on the prospects and, you know, hands on. uh, At that camp, he was kind of uh, distant. He wasn't Mm -hmm. that hands on and he wasn't that. And and right from that point. So what is that? Back in July, uh, people could see this coming and it comes to fruition today. Yeah, and again, no, put on your surprise face. You don't have to do it because we've been talking about it for a long time. So for the Oilers, what kind of hole does this leave in the organization, do you think? Well, I think it's all tied in with the Jeff Jackson hire. So, I mean, Steve Steos was being groomed by Ken Holland probably to be the next general manager of this Oilers club, mm-hmm. right? And yeah. maybe as soon as next season. Like, we'll see what happens with Ken Holland. But the minute that all this happened, I'm sure that Steve has told had told Ken um, months ago that this was coming. Mm. And at the same time, or soon thereafter, the orders hired Jeff Jackson as president because, let's face it, Bob Nicholson is at the end of his tenure here. Uh, Ken Holland could well be at the end of his tenure here. The orders need to have a plan moving ahead. So they bring in fresh, young, executive blood in Jeff Jackson, which I believe to be a pretty good hire. And now it's it balls in his court. He's got to figure out what's going to happen. Is Holland staying? Is he going to do another year or two? Do we need to find a new GM right away? Uh, you know, the the orders are, I, I guess I'd say to you, it appears they're on top of this with the Jackson yeah. hiring. So uh, he's a pretty competent guy. I'm sure he'll get it all figured out. And uh, it's options, right, Speck? As we were joined by Mark Spector for Booster Juice, um, the organization does have options, and that's critical with you know any business if you're going to try to groom someone or you have the ability to bring someone from outside or you have someone inside i mean another and i'm not saying this would happen but we've seen paul coffee being really hands-on a lot more with the organization um but options is something that jeff jackson he has well options sure but sometimes you have to exercise your options maybe before you wanted to like if you wanted steve steos as a gm you might have had to hire him you know, for this season. Mm-hmm. And I don't think he was ready. Uh, it's like Jay Woodcroft, right? When when Ken Holland fired Dave Tippett, he looked around and he said, well, I'm not positive maybe that Jay Woodcroft's ready, but he's very close to ready. He's our guy. And if we don't hire him as a head coach pretty soon, someone else is going to. So they brought him up. It turns out he was ready and he's done a pretty good job as head coach. But sometimes the fact that you might lose a guy forces your hand, makes you – you know, make a move. They weren't ready in, in, in their process to make Steve Steos a general manager or a president. And Ottawa was, so they lose Steve. But they, they were ready to make Jay Woodcroft a head coach, and that's why he's still in order. 
Morning, Spec. Eddie Steele here. I just wanted Eddie, to. How are you? I'm doing well, brother. Doing well. <laughs> just wanted to uh, shift it down to the ice a little bit. Uh, I was telling yep. Kevin earlier uh, in the morning that I, as a veteran, I hated preseason. I was ready to save my body and get into the regular season as healthy as possible and play some games that matter. And you could kind of see that too when Connor uh, scored the game winning goal the other night. He just kind of undid his chin strap and right to the <laughs> locker room, no celebrating. Do you get a sense uh, from this veteran core group that they're ready to just to get to the regular season and kind of fast forward through the preseason here? Oh, yeah. It's kind of a weird dance, Eddie, that we dance in hockey with these preseason games, right? You know, the teams and the players, like the NHLPA, they want the Edmonton Oilers, the Leafs, the Flames, Vancouver. They want them to play eight preseason games because there's a whole bunch of revenue that comes in here, hockey-related revenue, right, HRR. So, so they're all the big bosses say, let's have tons of games. But the people that have to actually execute the games don't want any part of them. <laughs> right? Yeah. The players don't want eight <laughs> nope. preseason no. games. The coaches don't want eight preseason games. And the fans who are paying for them, they don't want eight preseason games. So it's a weird little dance here. Uh, everyone's just trying to get to the end of the dance healthy. But you're right. Connor McDavid needs three games tops. You know, and, and there's like two jobs on the team that are being right. actually contested here. So eight games is about four too many, in my opinion. Yeah, I, I think five is just right. Just right, five. And figure it out. You, you play two home one year, three home the next year. How's that? Whatever. Are you happy about that? Yeah, and take a team like Florida <laughs> who don't want to play any home yes. games and on the road for five that could be the fifth game right yeah remember what a big deal it was yeah fair remember what a big deal it was to have a preseason game in saskatoon spec yeah, yeah those were fun they sure, were right? fun yeah. and it was an away game for you yeah right no no it was fun for and the people in saskatoon get to see some players and, yeah. hey i'm all hey, listen i'm all for all of this stuff whatever uh they're paying me to watch hockey so you're not gonna catch me complaining uh, but no. <laughs> i just as soon watch hockey where the players like I don't care that I don't. If I don't care who wins, that does no one. No one should care about that. But when Connor McDavid and Leon Drysaddle don't really care who wins, <laughs> okay, maybe we shouldn't be playing these games. Yeah, go ahead, Eddie. <laughs> the funny thing too about the preseason is it's such a double-edged sword because as a vet. You don't want to get hit. You don't want to pick yourself up off the ground. You don't want the contact. For example, look at Mark Stone the other night. But yeah. then as a rookie you're hungry and you're coming and you're trying to take out these vets, keeping it real. At least I tried to in football. Uh, so it's such a fine line because you come in hungry, but your mindset and mindset and mentality shifts so drastically throughout the course of a career. Okay. So what do we think about that hit on Mark Stone? I mean, that kid's wow. trying to make the, uh, he's trying to make the Kings. He throws an absolutely clean shoulder to shoulder hit. Mark Stone's got a huge history of back issues. Uh, mm -hmm. He takes exception, so it all. I, I love the 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 um, the response, way the yeah. Me too. Yeah. Me too. Respond. But what do we think? Are we? Is that kid not supposed to throw that hit? A oh, great hit. Great I hit. think he's he supposed to. Throw, yeah, I think he has to throw that hit, and then I think there has to be a response, even a little more than what there was. And if he threw that hit on me, that's exactly what my response would be because yeah. I'm not trying to get smacked like that in preseason, a meaningless game. What same thing, well, Spec? So, so how about this one? So you had the Amon kind of got at it with Leon the other night. Leon says, I'm, I, "Hey man, what are you trying to do?" So he takes his leg out from behind uh, with a slash right to the back of the back yep. of the knee. I mean, that's that's how you respond. I mean, 
These guys, they don't want to get pumped and dumped in the corner or whatever. And Leon doesn't need some uh, Amon guy to, you know, make a name for himself, just like, you know, this kid for uh, going at Mark Stone. That's the whole thing, right? Yeah, I get it. And you know what? Now we return to the days when hockey players sort of police themselves, mm-hmm. right? Drysaddle takes in his own hands to police that little situation. And he showed Amon and every other guy that he's willing to take two minutes and, and almost break a stick over the back of a man's leg because uh, he's not going to get run at by some rookie trying to make an impression. I'm good with all of this. I like it better when the players police themselves. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But – you know, those days are, if they're not gone, they're going. We're getting there. And, I, uh, we live now. Hey, I'm fine with the hit. I'm fine with the hit, and I'm fine with the response. I, If I were on the ice as a Golden Knight, there would have been more. Yep. That's all. That's all. It Fair. Uh, Fair. Hey, uh, Speck, I was talking to Eddie before we went on air about your interview with uh, Barry Bonds. He loved it. <laughs> loved it. He just thought it was the best. You got those cojones, eh, Speck? <laughs> Oh, my God. So, And I, I was in the supermarket the other day, and some guy comes up to me, and he said he heard that, and he goes, I can't believe Speck went up to that Barry Bonds. He was just, he, it was unreal. Um, and then, but today, Speck, if you, uh, on this day in sports history, was the day that Willie Mays made that catch in the World Series in 19, that, right? 1954. Long, over-the-shoulder catch. Uh, yep. It was a long shot by Vic Wirtz. And then uh, he turned around and just threw a dart back into the infield. Yep. Yeah, that's a play that I can picture. Yeah. I wasn't around for it. I wasn't at the game or watching on TV, but I can picture that catch in my head. I've seen it so many times. It's kind of like the Zapruder film. <laughs> well, uh, again, it's one of the first things that you remember, like because it's 54, right? The, you know, the World Series wasn't on TV and stuff in the 40s and things like that. So it's one of those that that is just ingrained in your memory for sure. Yeah, well, we've seen the catch a million times for sure. Mm-hmm. So, you know what? That's one thing about baseball. Baseball gives us those moments. Last night, mm-hmm. uh, you know, the Texas-Seattle game was an absolute gong show at the end. Yeah. Seattle's almost their season's on the line here with, I guess, four games to play. Yep. And their comeback in that thing was unbelievable. I, it was a ton. So, yeah. you know what? For all those baseball games all year long where we go, oh, my God, it's game number 60 and 160. <laughs> now we're at game number 159, 160, and they really do matter and they're fun to watch. I was just crawling into bed last night, and I saw the ninth inning and loaded bases, nobody out. Then they get uh, the two out. Texas gets two out. Mm-hmm. Uh Chapman is terrible again in the ninth. Uh, they have to bring in Jonathan Hernandez. He gets two out. And then J.P. Crawford smokes one to left, two-run score. and yep. That was huge. Seattle that was huge. still alive. So uh, the Jays uh, spec, I'm not sure if you're aware of the situation. So if they win tonight, uh, they can clinch with a loss, uh, depending what happens in one of the other games in the Seattle-Texas uh, game. They can clinch a spot. Is Seattle and Texas still playing then? Seattle and Texas have three more games. They, that was the first of a four-game set. So, okay. Uh, and then obviously Houston is sniffing around there. And then because of Baltimore winning last night, they've clinched. Uh, so Tampa is the wild card team. So the Jays, you would think, would be playing these three games against Tampa, who are going to rest some guys. Mm-hmm. There's yeah. no doubt the Rays will be setting up their pitching staff uh, because those two teams will probably face off yeah, they'll meet. Tuesday. So 
so that's what we think. It's Tampa and the Jays in the playoffs, assuming the Jays can make it. That's I think. would think so. That's then that's more and more uh, like I. I mean, the Jays. I, I think they got to win a game here, you know. But they could still yeah, get, well, they, they could still get in without. To, yeah, they have you're, to win. Yeah, you're playing a Tampa team that's that's resting guys. Mm-hmm. If you can't win your games here. Yeah. Uh, then you know what are we doing? Yeah. Uh, just a couple quick ones for uh, Mark Spector before you head down to the rink here. So Oilers in Calgary tonight. Uh, we'll probably see, I don't know what, 10, 10 guys, 11 guys off the roster that would be regulars. What do you, what do you think for tonight? Yeah. So here's what's going on with the orders. They, they made about, I don't know how many cuts yesterday, Lots, let's say yeah. about 15, uh, nobody that surprises anybody. They're going to go to Calgary. They're going to play tonight. Uh, I, I'm told they're going to send a couple guys home from Calgary. Okay. A few guys to Bakersfield from Calgary. Uh, then they're, everyone flies back to Edmonton after the game tonight, and then they practice in the morning. They head to Vancouver. Uh, by the time they leave, they play Vancouver Saturday. They have a, a pickleball tournament Sunday for team building, and they play in Seattle Monday, and they'll probably leave a few guys, send a few, few guys to Bakersfield on Monday. I suspect by the time they get home on uh, late Monday night or Tuesday morning, guys, that roster is going to be down to about, 28 guys, mm-hmm. 29 guys maybe. Uh, then they have two home games left. So I think the this is the last – the Calgary game is going to be a, the last one for a bunch of guys, and then we're going to get down to a workable roster here. Okay, I, uh, here's a question for you, Speck, then. If you were to, um, I don't know, set odds right now on who is going to win this pickleball tournament, <laughs> who would yes. you say – who would you say would win the Oilers – I guess it's partners, right? So, uh, pickleball tournament. Who, who do you, who do you like? Well, I think pickleball is a game for the small and nimble. Really? Reminds me. Yeah, I do. Okay. I don't think like I don't think uh, the big guy. I mean, big guys have reach. I spent a lot of time in a handball court as a kid. Okay. I grew up playing handball, and the big guys weren't that mobile, but they could reach from wall to wall. So, mm-hmm. I suppose the same thing would apply in pickleball. So, if I'm picking two guys that I think have a good chance of winning this thing, oh my goodness, okay. who would I pick? I, I'm gonna pick. I'm gonna pick Kulak, <laughs> and I'm gonna pick. Uh, I, I want to really. Is Savoy in it? Because I'm picking him. He's okay. got great hand eye. Okay, uh, Eddie, <laughs> do you have two guys in mind if they're paired up, Eddie? Uh, okay, I'll, let me go first yeah, because yeah, I'm go gonna. You. you can think on it. Okay, if they're paired up, and I could see this happening, Nima Linen and DeHarnay. Do you want to have nah. those pterodactyl wingspans at the net in pickleball spec? Put it at their feet. Shoot it at their feet. <laughs> That's I don't, how you play a big guy. No yeah, way, man. Close to his body. Where's oh. Kyler Yamamoto when you need him? <laughs> That's right. Uh, speaking of pickleball, I mean, respectfully, that's a little more uh, up your two, your guys' demographic there. Oh, come uh, on. Do you, do you guys dabble? Mark, Kev, you guys dabble at all? I have never played pickleball in my life. Not that I wouldn't. I think I'd like to. A lot of my friends do, but I have never even held a pickleball racket in my hand. I... I just stop at pickles. I like pickles. <laughs> they're playing pickleball. You know, spec your old stomping grounds, Laurier Heights Arena. Yeah. Uh, I walk by there with the dog pretty well every day, and they've got four courts set up. And every time I walk by with the dog, they say, Carius, grab a racket. Come on, Is get out here. Right? Yes, they want me to play. And it's I'm like, fun. I've played a few times. It's fun. Well, maybe Eddie, it you should like go. a great workout. It's a good uh, sweat. Yeah. Come on. I don't, come on. 
It's not a great sweat workout. <laughs> you get what you put in, Kev. Oh, come on. <laughs> well, I'll tell you what, Spec. If you if you and I want to partner up, how about this? You and I, I would be confident to take on, take on any other two media guys in town. How's that sound? At pickleball. At pickleball. Ah, uh, sure. I'm up for a challenge. <laughs> you, you need do you need like uh, like a refresher? No, well, you're not a refresher. You got to tell me what the darn rules are. I never played the game <laughs> in my life. It's, it's got to be something like ping pong or tennis or something. Yeah, it can't go, be that hard. To we'll go up. you two against Nielsen and Stoffer. Oh, that that is easy pickings. That <laughs> you better have an ambulance. <laughs> like that. Remember remember that old uh, hundred yard dash between uh, Stoffer and uh, Robin Brownlee spec. Oh my goodness. Oh, yeah. It's 20 some years yeah, after, ago. After having watched that, I, I don't do any public sporting events uh, <laughs> for me, pal. Man, that was at uh, Concordia University at Edmonton, double E training camp about 20 some years ago. Oh, it was just, and it was hard. So think about it 20 years ago. They should have a reunion of sorts, another race. Oh, man. Yeah, like a rematch. Yeah. yeah. It wouldn't be 100 yeah, no. yards. It wouldn't be 100 yards. It would be about a 10, 10 yards to the buffet table. <laughs> Eddie, can we move on from this topic? Let's <laughs> to talk about the Elks. The Elks aren't playing this weekend. No, right? they're on a bye. <laughs> More pickleball. Yeah. They're playing pickleball, too. Oh, man. <laughs> uh, anyway, I, I think you got to get rolling here, Spec. We probably... Uh, yes, sir. Extended your time, heading down to the rink, and then enjoy. Are you going to the lake again? And you got one more in you this uh, weekend? Probably might sneak out this weekend. I got a couple games to watch on TV yeah. because we don't travel to preseason games. I think the uh, I know the Saturday games on Sportsnet. Yep. Um, and tonight uh, isn't. Sorry, tonight is not on. Not on Sportsnet, but you can get it on Oilers Plus. So yes. we can hook that up with the TV somehow. So I'll watch a couple hockey games and uh, do what all the Oilers fans and media are doing let's uh roll through a couple games and let's get into next week that gets us a week closer to the regular season boys and easy on the chainsaw out there this weekend spec yeah no chainsaws no <laughs> not in the wet weather <laughs> okay thanks bud all right, uh, thanks back. thanks for all your stuff this week we'll talk to you uh on monday morning all right boys that is mark specter on the mark energized by booster juice uh, get the boost you need at Booster Juice. Uh, did you see Speck's uh, little foray into the woods with uh, his chainsaw? Yeah, I saw the photo. Yeah. I saw the, he's a true woodsman. He, yes, he is. But it was a nice picture. Yeah, it was. He had his dog in there yeah, and it everything. Was. It was. Again, I, I I don't see Speck with power tools. Do you? Uh, I mean, in the photo he presents well, but I, I can't see yeah, the but we, use. We, we don't know what happened. Like, it could have been exactly, his neighbor. It could He right? could have picked this wood off a yeah. pile. It's easy for a picture. He could have went to the neighbor's cottage out there at the lake <laughs> and just said, you know what? I'm going to load up my quad, put it there and stack it up nicely and just say I was Show out, the people where I was out, you know, like, what did he say, uh, uh, Duke? He said he was Paul Bunyan? Yeah, exactly. But yeah. He, I mean, who knows? He may have just stopped at like one of those roadside stands. I know they're popular <laughs> out and just like buys a box, a <laughs> truck box full of fire and then stacks it up and, oh, look at all this wood I chopped up. Yeah. I, I don't think that's what happened, but you know, people might think that. Oh. I think Spec's an honest guy. I'm sure he chopped it all up himself. You know, we, we'd have to do a deeper dive into this. 
Yeah, there's, as you say, there are a lot of those wood stands. He, he probably, he, who knows? He could have photoshopped himself in front in front of a uh, after he went to Canadian Tire, and you buy those uh, those uh, shrink wrapped bundles for ten bucks. He maybe picked up about ten of those. Kevin, he probably he probably wasn't even there. It's probably all AI generated. <laughs> uh, it, one of the best parts of this job is after you cut a guy loose from the interview, you can just rip him. You em. can lambaste him. You can just rip him. <laughs> Um, when we come back, unfortunately, we could not hook up. Uh, we could not hook up with uh, uh, Matt Dunnigan. We're going to get the, the Duke, another Duke. That was his nickname back in the day. Uh, uh, we could not hook up with uh, Matt Dunnigan. So we will uh, check in with Jesse Pierce, uh, NHL.com, uh, and uh, the Bar Down Beauties podcast uh, for the Minnesota Wild. So we'll check in with Jesse when we come back on the Kevin Carrier Show with our Friday co-host, Eddie Steele on Sports 1440. Oh, yes, the Duke. uh, Karma, karma, karma chameleon, eh? Another one of your favorites. That is one of the songs that you put out to uh, uh, our listeners, right? You wanted them to pick this song. That's right, yeah. We've uh, we've uh, elected for Fridays to kind of be feel-good Fridays, so whatever songs put you in a good mood heading to the weekend, we uh, kind of mix it up. Uh, Jason's, uh, Gregor's thing on the afternoons is Brass Bonanza, which everybody loves. Not but everybody. That's okay. Not most, everybody. Most people. I would say love. 70% like that song. Is that like uh, empirical data that you've used to derive that number? Or, no, that's, um, that's my, you know, I've... Kevin I've Carey's accu- analytics. I've accumulated that data over the course of Gregor's career. I'll go 70%. Okay. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, so if you got a song that puts you in a good mood, just send it to us on the text line. I got it up on the Instagram story as well. Just uh, let us know. We'll be happy to play. We got Eddie's uh, Rolling Stones in earlier as mm. well, and we'll mix a few more. Much and then, of course, Kevin's favorite will uh, probably round out the show today as usual on Fridays as well. And that would be Sonny James. A little bit south of Saskatoon, mm-hmm. local. Yeah, you would. You've made a lot of trips through Saskatoon, Regina. And oh man! Like I, when you were with the riders, you guys used to do that, run the gamut, right? I would be everywhere, Pierceland, um, way up north. I forget Big Lake, like way up north, yeah. six hours north of Regina, putting on presentations for um, the Red Cross and their anti-bullying initiative. So, right. oh, I know those roads well, Kev. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And you, you know. That was one of the things with the riders. Like, and I remember as a kid, all the riders would come to little towns, you know, in like where I was from in Melville, and they would just you'd, they'd show up, and it was a big, big deal yeah. for all the little communities. Absolutely, it is, and it's really awesome getting out to those communities. And that's part of why Rider Nation is truly so strong, is mm-hmm. because they have that outreach uh, total province wide. Uh, we all know that they're the only show in town, yep. but still, they really do put in a great effort to try and reach all the communities. Uh, Eddie Steele, our every Friday, our co-host from uh, seven to nine. Love it every more every morning on Fridays. It's just a treat to have you. And um, pickleball, a couple texts coming in, and one to the my uh, email. You can send me off an email at Kevin at Sports fourteen forty from our buddy Cam Tate. Mm. And Cam, mm-hmm. all simple, three words, can I play? <laughs> Tater, <laughs> could you imagine him out there? Man, honestly, pickleball is a lot of fun. And uh, got to pay homage to my late mother because she's the one who kind of introduced me to it because she was playing and I played with her and I would go to uh, the Beaumont Rec mm-hmm. Center and play with some of the people out there. And it, it was a ton of fun. And again, good sweat. You get what you put in. So I'm a competitor, so I'm chasing everything down. <laughs> uh, we are going to hook up with Jesse Pierce from NHL.com in a moment. Also from the Bar Down Beauties 
podcast, and she's out of Minnesota. Also, probably Vikings fan. Vikings, yep. you know, she probably writes some pieces on the Vikings as well. So, uh, were you always a Vikings fan growing up? Is that because yeah. of the proximity from Winnipeg or, or what? Yeah, absolutely. And uh, the proximity, and I'm a dual citizen, and yep. a lot of my family resides in Minnesota. So, uh, it was just natural. They all mm. were fans. And yeah. it was the time of Randy Moss, who really, when he came on the scene, uh, that's when I truly got hooked on football and uh, what a player yeah. he was. He was my idol, my hero growing up, and I, uh, I I loved him and I loved the Vikings ever since they drafted him. What about Bud Grant? Because that would be the probably the biggest connection between Winnipeg Blue Bombers and Minnesota Vikings for all those years. Legend. Legend, yeah. for sure. Um, so revered in both towns. Both, exactly. So... Like success, oh. success. Yep. You know, he, he did it right. And, uh, you know, obviously <laughs> it was a little before my time, but I know a lot of people who, uh, had some personal relationships with him and, uh, just a quality, quality character of a man is kind of the, the resounding sentiments around Bud. Let's update the Ryder Cup uh, after Europe took four points this morning in the morning foursomes. Now the Friday afternoon four ball, they're getting down to uh, last few holes here. Uh, They're on 14. First match out of the gate was um, Hovland and Hatton against Thomas and Spieth. Now the Americans have come back with a couple of birdies on 12 and 13. Um, I shouldn't say that birdies because I don't know, but they won 12 and 13 uh, to go two up which is critical because uh, in match number two, Rahm and Hogard are tied with Scheffler and Kepka, And then uh, the Americans lead match three, Homa and Clark against Rose and McIntyre. Uh, however, uh, McElroy and Matthew Fitzpatrick are steamrolling Morikawa and Shoffley. Uh, six up through 10. Mm. So as long as... Because you can win one, like, you know, you win one and already you got a saw off in the other one. And then if you can maybe get a tie, you know, so that could be five and a half to two points heading into tomorrow. That's mm-hmm. a, that's a good little lead. Yeah, it is. It is. But, I mean, as we've seen so many years, uh, it, it anything can happen. It really can. And, and I mean, there, you get a little momentum. And golf's a funny game. You start... A couple of guys hit a couple shots. Start thinking too much, and next thing you know, you're down. Um, and, and the crowd. The crowd doesn't help mm-hmm. when you start getting in your head. Uh, text coming in, one 1440 from Chet. Uh, feel good music. Nothing better than Eddie Murphy party all the time. Now, you know that one. Uh, of course, yeah. of course. <laughs> uh, my girl wants to party all the time. Um People are asking about our uh, coverage starting this weekend. So uh, starting on um, October 1st, we will be getting into our Fox Sports coverage, which is going to be fantastic. We will have wall-to-wall sports coverage on the weekends. We'll have basically wall-to-wall coverage 24 hours a day here, except for 6 p.m. to 9, right after uh, the Jason Greger show till 9 p.m. because of prior commitments. However, after 9 p.m., all through the night, and then on the weekends, more importantly, I think, because people driving around on Saturday afternoon, driving around uh, on Sunday afternoon, taking their kids to 
whatever. Guys like myself. Yes. So now you can you can have a gander and have a listen to, especially the NFL coverage on Sunday, yeah. Fox Sports. I mean, um, any uh, NFL games this weekend, Eddie, that are kind of striking your fancy as far as uh, week four goes? Uh, you know, to be honest, Kev, I haven't even looked in yeah. depth at the schedule. Uh, so I'm going to pull it up right now because uh, I've just been paying attention yeah. to the game that was happening yesterday. And then, uh, in all honesty, yeah. my focus is on the, the U.S. Well, the Vikes, but the USC Colorado game. Okay. Um, I just want to see if Colorado can bounce back. Okay. We know they're not uh, a, a huge player like USC, and we know what Oregon just did to them, but I just don't want to see them get ragged all two weeks in a row. <laughs> fair, fair enough. All right, let's welcome in uh, Jesse Pierce from NHL.com and Bar Down Beauties podcast out of Minnesota. Uh, Jesse, welcome to Sports 1440. You're with Kevin Carius and former CFLer and double ear. Eddie Steele, a big Minnesota Vikings fan as well. Uh, morning, Jesse. How are you? Good morning, guys. I'm good. How are you? Oh, just great. Just great. Uh, do you, Eddie has a Vikings question for you right off the hop because he's so fired up about what's been going on with the Vikings. <laughs> well, well, Jesse, I'm, as a former football player, you know, I, I really respect Kirk Cousins, and I, I don't think that he is at fault for this 0-3 record. I know uh, it's 50-50 with him. A lot of people love him. A lot of people don't think he's adequate enough. Uh, I'd want to get what your opinion is and just kind of what the pulse is is in Minnesota right now because in my opinion their defense is what the issue is man a polarizing topic right <laughs> off the hop here huh no uh, you're right Kirk is very you love him or you hate him I'm kind of right smack dab in the middle I think this year particularly his offensive line has done nothing to help him statistically Kirk has done fine I do hate when he gets stuck and can't make the correct calls I need a quarterback that wants to maybe run the ball a bit more or not be afraid to take that leadership. I mean, last week, maybe if you spike the ball, stop the clock, do a little something, Kirk would have been mm. better. But I don't think he's as bad as some of those that hate him. I mean, he has done well for the Vikings the past few years. He can still swing the ball. He finds J.J. He knows the targets. Um, do I want another quarterback in here? Yes, maybe, but I'll let Kirk play it out this year. Oh, that's 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 quite the answer, yeah, really, I, when you is, think about that, it. Are you on the uh, tank for Caleb train? Yeah, why not? You know what? If we're already 0-3, let's just forget it. I don't need to win. I don't need the Vikings to give me heart attacks each and every week or try to get me to believe, as Minnesota, Minnesota sports teams tend to do for us. I'm fine. Just just crash it all into the ground. No big deal. <laughs> oh, man. It's just candid conversation from uh, Jesse Pierce uh, right out of the gate. Did, hey, did you get a chance to watch the Lions game with the Packers last night? We did. I took a peek. We actually had uh, the Wild had Colorado in town for their preseason game number four. But uh, we all love when the Packers lose here in Minnesota. So mm. go Detroit, Kitty Cats, all the way. Um, <laughs> and plus, they're kind of a fun. They're a fun team to watch a little bit too. So very happy to see Green Bay fall on hard times without a franchise quarterback. For I a love game. it with oh, the fire. Yes. Uh, let's uh, <laughs> just shift gears now to to, to hockey and, and the Minnesota Wild. First of all. How fun is it to kind of interview and, and work and talk to Billy Guerin? Because he was one of our all-time favorites when he came here. What Just an incredible sense of humor. If you ever get him alone for like a one-on-one man, this guy is a cool, cool cat. So kind of what's, what's it like to kind of have Billy G there in Minnesota? Yeah, I mean, he's a guy you want to go grab beers with and yeah. watch the game, right? I mean, he's just very down-to-earth very candid with us, very honest with us, as much as he can be, you know, for a general manager seek. Um, but he's also, he knows what he's doing. He obviously knows how to win 
a Stanley Cup, both as a player and, and in the front office, and he's trying to do that here in Minnesota. He's not afraid to make some of those hard moves. You know, you go back to the Zach Parisi, Ryan Suter buyouts. He's the one that made that call, and he's really trying to make something special here in Minnesota. So it's so great to have Billy. He's always available to us, which is also very nice from a media standpoint. Uh, but just in general, a, a good human, too. So it's been absolutely fantastic. Those buyouts that you mentioned as we uh, speak with Jesse Pierce, NHL.com and Bar Down Beauties podcast out of Minnesota. Uh, still a couple of big hits, big years of dead cap space. But after that, you can kind of see, you know, a little bit at the end of the line here. So that was a, uh, everyone said at the time, that was a ballsy, ballsy move by uh, Garrett because, you know, those two players had put in a lot of time. Great, great American players too. So but just your thoughts on kind of how that, processed and where they are now moving forward with that yeah i mean it was a tough decision there was great fanfare when you get the two biggest free agents on the market at that time back in 2013 uh to come here and sign such long contracts with minnesota we thought they were going we're going to plan the parade route we're going to have a couple parades well that didn't happen minnesota kind of minnesota all over themselves which happens but uh no i think there's no regrets you look at how tough that was going to be. But Bill Guerin has been really savvy with the way that he has made his moves and picked up players here and there and, you know, maybe not able to sign the big names or make those big splashes, but still done some really nice things. Obviously, you get Kirill signed to a decent deal. You sign Matt Boldy, who is a huge prospect in, in Minnesota and who's continuing to do great things now in year three. Sign him to a seven-year, uh, $49 million contract. And then you've got you know, Philip Gustafson as your goal. You've got Jesper Velstead in the prospect pool as a goalie coming through if Marc-Andre Fleury decides to part ways after this year. Um, so just a lot of good still coming out. And, you know, Minnesota has long been told that they have a really deep prospect pool, which is great for looking down the future. Now, of course, fans want immediate, right? They want to see something tangible now. But I think if you look, once these come off the books after next year and the players that they have and if the cat moves up, they not only have players in their organization ready to go, but they will have much more, a lot more money to actually spend. So it's kind of the perfect storm in Minnesota if you can hold off, you know, two, three, four years down the road. Now, Jesse, you mentioned uh, some goalie names in Wallstead, Gustafson, Marc-Andre Fleury, as we all know, a legend who is aging for sure. What is that goalie situation looking like heading into this season? Uh, because Mark doesn't have a ton of tread left on those tires in reality. Yeah, you know, and, and Marc-Andre Fleury, that's been a true honor to be able to cover him. He is everything that everyone has ever said. He is just the nicest person, and, you know, he can still surprise you. Last night he flashed the glove with a nice little windmill save. Uh, so, you know, he still has a little bit of kick in that can, and uh, that's been just tremendous. But Philip Gustafson signing a three-year extension, avoiding arbitration as he was an unrestricted free agent this off season, um, I think says a lot. I think that kind of says he's your number one. Now, the past few seasons... Minnesota has been very much playing their goalie tandem 50-50. Mm-hmm. Uh, first with Sam Talbot and Marc-Andre Fleury, and then last year with Philip Gustafson and Marc-Andre Fleury. But the funny thing is, last year I don't think anybody really knew what Philip Gustafson had in him. He had never been given that opportunity, and he certainly showed uh, signs of brilliance. He was one of the top three goaltenders in the league toward the end of last year just from his performances. So I think he's going to play an even bigger role this year now that they know what they have in him. And then, you know, again, you get to look ahead and say, okay, if Marc-Andre Fleury decides to hang up the skates and the pads and call it a a career after the season, 
well, you have Elstead coming up in the wings, who is the one of the best goalies in the American Hockey League as it sits, if not the world. So it's an exciting time. Goalies, uh, you know, it's hard to get a good tandem going together, but I'm excited to see Gus and Flurry tackle the net with Gustafson probably getting the lion's share of the starts this year. Jesse Pierce, uh, Minnesota Wild beat writer for NHL.com. Uh, man, you really know your stuff with this team. You can tell by it for sure. Um, what about... Um, a local product again from Edmonton, uh, Jared Spurgeon, captain. Yeah. Uh, just uh, he's carved out a wonderful career for for himself. Just being an undersized defenseman, but it's just been he's been everything more and then some from what the Wild kind of thought that they were getting years ago. Yeah, I mean, following Miko Koivu's retirement, I don't think there was any surprise when Jared Spurgeon got that C on his chest. Just for, from his play on the ice and the leadership he does show in the locker room, he's a quiet guy, and he doesn't say a lot, but when he does, it, it moves mountains. And certainly he's carved out an amazing career for himself, going undrafted and working his way up and, and becoming one of the most underrated defensemen, I think, in the league because he does. He's very consistent in everything he does, and he's obviously on that top pair with Jacob Middleton. So Jacob Middleton likely brings some of that size that Spurgeon lacks, but the way that Spurgeon can move the puck and play on special teams and kind of play in all situations is absolutely tremendous. I mean, he's a, he's an inspiration, I think, for a lot of smaller defensemen as well who look at him and say, hey, you know what, I can maybe make it into the NHL because of that. So he's been so much fun to watch. I'm, I'm excited to see him do new things and, and get some of these younger defensemen that are coming up in the wings. Uh, their reps as well because he's certainly somebody to emulate and, and look after. Jesse, it's well documented the pedigree that this specific player brings to the table. Are the Wild hoping for some Pat Maroon Stanley Cup magic? <laughs> I mean, you have to, right? Yeah. We're always hoping for the Stanley Cup magic, and Pat Maroon certainly seems to have that touch, if you will, King Midas's touch. Um, you know, I think Maroon, the Maroon signing was a lot to do with replacing kind of that Ryan Reeves role. Ryan Reeves obviously signed early on into the season last year with Minnesota, traded over from New York. Um, And there was just that presence and that presence in the locker room. Bill Guerin is a guy that's very, very uh, focused on what his locker room has and the culture in there and the mentality. And having loud voices like that, like Pat Maroon, like Ryan Reeves, you know, kind of the no BS type of guys, I think is something he really looks for because I think Bill Guerin's very much a no BS type of guy. So having Pat Maroon is not only going to bring the size and the championship pedigree, but he has just this vocal way of leading the team and kind of, you know, saying it how it is. And having that veteran experience when they're going to be relying on young guys even a little bit more this year is going to be huge as well. Our guest uh, on the Kevin Carey's show with uh, Fast Eddie Steele on a Friday, Sports 1440 in Edmonton, is uh, Jesse Pierce from NHL.com and uh, Bar Down Beauties. What's the Bar Down Beauties? Can you kind of tell us a little bit about that? Yeah, absolutely. It is a weekly hockey podcast focusing on mostly the Minnesota Wild, but dabbling into women's hockey, mm-hmm. high school hockey, all of the good things that we get to take advantage of here in the state of hockey. Uh, we've been doing it for about five seasons now. Love it. It's been a ton of fun. We had Freddie Goudreau of the Wild on this week and, and kind of try to get some mm. new guests. So it's a nice little podcast. Myself and Kirsten Kroll, who is the in-arena host for the Wild Games, 
uh, post it and new episodes release each and every Tuesday. So uh, I, I was lucky enough to cover a lot of Oiler games in Minnesota uh, from 03 to 2010. And when you kind of go down from the hotel in St. Paul down into the uh, where the Herb Brooks statue is, and then you kind of wiggle your way around in and you walk down that big, long hallway with all the high school jerseys. Um, can you explain to our listeners the uh, how popular high school hockey is in the state of Minnesota? I can try. I mean, it's one of those things you have to experience. I really do encourage any hockey fan to come here because it's unlike anything else that you've ever experienced. I mean, we're talking in the middle of March at any bar in St. Paul, there will be seven TVs turned into high school hockey. And that's wow. just from Wednesday all the way so till cool. Saturday because it is it's just kind of a really, really fun event. You're cheering on your community because here in Minnesota, players that start playing hockey, you know, at five, six years old, they stay and play for that same community, that Mm -hmm. same team all the way up through high school, which is something incredibly unique. It's, you know, they're not traveling all across the States. They're not doing AAA hockey. They get to stay and play for their hometown. So with that comes that community aspect. So that's Mm -hmm. why the high school tournament is such a turnout. I mean, I'll admit it. I've worn my Letterman jacket down there (laughs) to, to, uh, you know, cheer for my alma mater who won the championship last year no big deal yeah but, what high school uh, is that no, jesse what high school is uh, that matamida if i spelt it out for you i okay. would love to hear you try to pronounce <laughs> matamida matamida yeah. yeah so it's uh it is i it's so much fun it's it's great i mean even wild players who aren't from minnesota mm-hmm. they're like i can't believe this this is unreal like it's just a very time-honored tradition and, and one that certainly minnesota is very proud of and, and one last one for you jesse because you touched on it how much has women's hockey grown in that state of minnesota oh my gosh i mean we were looking at numbers i actually just did a story on this the other day i mean minnesota for for the past couple of years now has led the way in producing college hockey players at the division one level and mm-hmm. now with the new professional women's hockey uh league there's the minnesota team based here and I think 11 Minnesotans were drafted in that first round of their inaugural draft. So, I mean, it's great. I think there's the resources here. There's the opportunities here. And there's the coaching aspect as well. You have a lot of former NHL players that are now having daughters and sticking around and getting involved in the women's side of the game, too. So it's just really, really cool to see. I mean, as a whole, the state embrace hockey from men's to women's to disabled to everything in between. I mean, really trying to make hockey for everyone here is is something that we take great pride in. Well, I mean, great stuff uh, this morning. Jesse Pierce uh, from NHL.com, Bar Down Beauties podcast. Thanks so much for uh, joining us. Hopefully we can hook up uh, with you as the season progresses. Thanks, Jesse. Absolutely. Anytime, you guys. Have a good one. All right. Uh, Jesse Pierce, uh, man. You she could, brought it. She, and you, you, when you have guests on, sometimes, you know, uh, they might be out there. She was bang on on every subject she talked about, man. A wealth man. of knowledge. Exactly. Um, uh, the time is flying again, Eddie. We've got to pump the brakes here. We're, you're almost out the door here. So uh, we'll wrap things up with uh, Eddie Steele on uh, Kevin Carey Show on Sports 1440 right after the break. Uh, we could let that song go for about three minutes, Duke. Uh, that That's for Chet, right? He wanted, that's Eddie Murphy, my girl wants to party all the time. Probably from the, what, late 80s? I can't, was that late 80s, yeah, early been, 70s, yeah, early I 90s? Think, I think it would have been late 80s. Man, yeah, Eddie Murphy, he was he was a big star back in the day. Well, still is, I think. Boy, uh, All hey. the raw stuff. Ooh, I mean, that was... Couldn't get away with was, it nowadays. No, he's not even <laughs> getting close to a microphone now. Uh, coming in on our text line, one 401 
1440. Framer Johnny, what a great guest. Anyone who says women don't have a place in covering professional sports should give their heads a shake. That is a, a compliment to Jesse Pierce uh, from uh, NHL.com covering the Minnesota Wild. And Man, right off the top, I don't even know if she thought we were talking about Vikings. But yeah. you, you threw a Vikings question right at her, and she was like, bang, about Kurt Cousins and going on and this and that. So Uncut, the uncut truth. Uh, text coming in about pickleball as well. Uh, by the way, if if someone wants to organize a charity pickleball match between myself and Mark Spector taking on Brownlee and Stoffer, I will gladly be a part of that. I'm sure St- I'm, I'm sure Speck would. I don't know if Stoffer and Brownlee would be, but I would gladly be a part of a, a charity pickleball match. Well, if that takes place, I'm there. I'm I'm your number one cheerleader. Well, maybe you, there you could be on. Maybe we I'll would be, be the, the undercard. I'll be the ref. Uh, we would be the undercard. Maybe you know you find a couple other guys. Maybe we can get something going here. Um, uh, what else? I mean, again, time just flies. Uh, so. Did you when you look at uh, last week in the NFL? Can you believe that what happened in in the Denver Chicago game? Oh man, um, seventy points, seven hundred. The, the Miami Denver. Sorry, Miami. Miami yeah. yeah. So yeah. Denver Chicago coming oh, up here. Man, yeah. oh man. Yeah. But what was really cool about that is, did you hear how much chatter uh, was related to the CFL uh, with Miami putting up seventy points? Aikman mm-hmm. and there was a couple other people saying it was like a CFL type run offense and yeah. with emotion. And I love hearing that because I'm. I'm a firm believer in the excitement of the CFL offensive game. When you heard that, and I mean, that was, as, as you said, there was a lot of people that were talking about it, especially when it comes from Troy Aikman. Mm-hmm. Um, can that give this league a boost? It needs it. It does. And it, what the boost is, is it just opens up the eyes and ears of people, especially down south, who are a little more ignorant towards the CFL game. Mm-hmm. Uh, when you hear someone of Troy Aikman's status uh, say the, the positive things about the CFL, it makes them think, it makes them realize that, oh, the CFL is a great game. And, you know, I was saving this little rant for, <laughs> for the end here. Yeah. And th- going back to the game yesterday, and just the biggest thing with the NFL is you can run that clock. If you're up two scores and in, heading into the fourth quarter, it's essentially game over. Yeah. Where the CFL, what I absolutely love about this league is, and I've been on both sides of it, up 17 points with three minutes left or down. 17 points with three minutes left and I've won and lost those types mm-hmm. of games because of that excitement the way the game the clock stops and uh, the two and outs that can happen I, I love it whereas the NFL man run run yeah. run punt but then there's seven minutes gone and I just don't like that I've always said uh, the biggest part of what bothers me with the play clock in the NFL is that if the officials aren't ready to set the ball well, how can you even be possibly saying that you can run the clock off? Right. You know, that yeah. should, like if if once the official sets the ball, okay, so as soon as the play is dead, whistle, just like the CFL. Mm-hmm. Set the ball, bang, that's, and it could be up to 20 seconds. Exactly. So exactly. Wh- why can't a team, if a team is ready and the officials are still scrambling to get that ball set, we've seen it a million times, why? So much wasted dead time. Yeah. Do you think the NFL would ever change? I <sighs> It's, it's better know. for the game. It would create more excitement, creates 
it could create a little more commercial time. Yeah, I, could I, it? I personally think it would be a good thing, but the reality is, geez, would a league that that stubborn and that rooted would mm-hmm. they make a fundamental change? I don't know if they would, but I think it would be great because again, nobody wants to see the fourth quarter run out the whole clock yeah. because you're up a couple scores. Mm-hmm. Well, Eddie, it's been a it's been a splash been, once again. What do you got on the day. go? So what do you got on the go this weekend? We should mention too, a uh, massive amount of games going on uh, mm-hmm. right here tonight. Mm-hmm. Golden Bears are home to the Regina Rams. Yep, big game uh, tonight. Big game Canada for the Golden West Bears. Uh, lost last Friday in UBC. In UBC. Yep. Good team. UBC's got a great. Yeah, team. they're a good team. Yeah. But I think the Bears will, will rebound and bounce back and have mm-hmm. a good show in, uh, against the Rams here this week. What else is cooking for in the Steel family the on, steel a, on family, the weekend? Steel uh, family. Well, my wife and my daughter heading out to BC to see. And family, so Stephanie, travel safe. I yeah. love you. And myself and my son, we're heading down to Drum Heller today for some daddy son time and go and check out some dinosaurs. So that is going to be cool. Yeah, it's like, going to be fun. So time. you'll hit the the Royal Terrell Museum, yep. the whole bit. Yeah, hit the museum, and then uh, we have some family in Airdrie. So go and see the grandparents in Airdrie, spend the night. Oh. So you know, kill a couple birds with one stone, and come on back and just hang out with my little man all weekend. What is it about kids and dinosaurs? It just, it goes on and on. Like they could just look at them and, they well, I mean, them. everyone can. Yeah, yeah. Adults, but I mean, the kids, there's that fascination. They're so it? enthralled by them and it's cool. And I mean, Drumheller is a really cool little location. What I love about it the most is mm-hmm. just the drive down. You're driving in fields and just flatland and farmer's fields, et cetera. And then you go down into the crevice and boom, it's like you're, you're in the stone age out of nowhere. It's almost like you've gone to another planet. It really is. It is. It really yeah. is. Uh, Eddie, thanks again. Time just flies with you on a, on a Friday morning. Enjoy the weekend uh, with the family down south. Travel safe, and uh, we'll see you back here on Friday. All right, Kev. Have a good finish to the show, man. Yeah, thank you very much. Uh, at the top of the hour, uh, we'll have some open time with the Duke. Uh, Ryan Bartoshik from the AJHL. Big weekend going down south in Calgary with uh, AJHL Showcase. Uh, before we get to that, though, uh, sports update brought to you by Cattail Crossing. Enjoy half-price golf Monday to Thursday. Elevate your game without emptying your wallet. Book your tee time today at cattailcrossing.ca. Here is the Duke.